The big Sioux sale is now on at the Sioux Shop with huge discounts on hundreds of items, including up to 50% off Sioux shoes and Sioux suits. Buy one, get one free on all Sioux snacks and Sioux soap. 30% off Sioux socks, souvenirs, and Sioux skates. Hurry, these prices won't last forever. If your name's Sue, you simply must visit the Sioux Shop. Find us at Ventura Retail Park, Tamworth, next to Laser Force. Hello, I'm Dan Reeves, and welcome to Very Important, Very Serious, the podcast where we take a deep dive into a wonderful world full of nonsense to see what treasures it can throw up for us. Bathed in candlelight and corduroy, with his mucky chin, it's Charlie Demick's wife, Adam Furman. What's that? It's a banana, mate. Okay, I told you not to... I told you not... That is awful. (laughs) That's just being... Well, last week, I <clears throat> I didn't eat before the show, and as you remember, I almost passed out when I got, <laughs> got out of the studio. And yep. so this time, to save from passing out, I'm going to eat an entire banana in front of you. Okay. Do I just sit here and watch? You can do. Okay. Wash it down with some whiskey. What's funny is you're also hearing your horrendousness pipe through your own headphones. Yeah, it's foul. Don't be fooled by the rocks that he's got. He's still, he's still nasally blocked. That's really true, actually. Yeah, you've you've managed to get in once again. I have indeed. Well, I've been here since seven. Uh, I've started working the bar. You got a job here. Yeah, I've been coordinating the whiskies. Um, <laughs> what are they paying you? Uh, it's minimum wage. Okay. I well, don't, yeah. Now, listen. I've just finished writing my first children's book mm. called The Mayor and the Cuckoo, but the publisher has asked for an audio version, and if I'm honest, I don't really want to pay no. the actors. So. I wonder if you'd uh, give me a hand. I'd like you to play the cuckoo, please. I'm going to play the mayor. Okay. So here's, let me just get the script. Sure. Just let me get this right. You want me to play a cuckoo? You're going to play the cuckoo. Now, okay. I'm going to play the mayor, and I, I might do a voice for the mayor, I might not, but I would like you basically to be yourself, please, as the cuckoo. This is a full script. It's a full script. It's an, it's a, it's an extract from, from the book. This scene takes place in the mayor's dining room. Mm. And I want it to be very natural, so just as you, okay? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Okay. Here we go. I'm going to take a sip of my coffee. Right. The mayor strolled through his dining room barefoot, examining his large collection of cuckoo clocks. At the end of the room was the smallest clock of them all. The mayor opened the tiny doors and peered inside. He was greeted by a tiny cuckoo, who had curly hair and a corduroy coat. (laughs) Hello, little one. Why do you look so sad? said the mayor. I'm the saddest cuckoo there is. I just sit in this clock all day long waiting to coo, but I can't. But why can't you coo? I'm too shy and scared the other cuckoos will laugh at my coo and my coo curly cuckoo hair. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure they wouldn't. Have you tried to coo? I tried once. I did a really quiet coo and then pop back inside as fast as I could. That's a fantastic start. No, because after I cooed, I heard them laughing at me, laughing at my coo and corduroy coat. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure they weren't... Oh, I'm sure they weren't talking about you, cuckoo. Let me hear you coo. And so, with that, the cuckoo summoned all his courage and let out his best and biggest coo that he could. Coo. The mayor stood stunned. He stared at the cuckoo. 
The coup really was terrible. He took the cuckoo clock gently off the wall, leaving the room only briefly when he returned with his favourite Black & Decker hammer and smashed the cuckoo clock into a million pieces. The end. Wow. That's good. I think that's a wrap. Just um, yeah. just tell the engineers to segment that part off, and I'll just send that to to Amazon. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah I, I can. You know, there's a lot of parallels that can be drawn between the uh, cuckoo and me. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you played that very well. It was Thank very you. natural. Yeah, it almost came as if it was written for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, barons. Oh yes. What are they? How do we become one? That's a good question. Uh, my father happens to be a baron. Okay. I'm not exactly sure how you become one. He was he was given a baronship yeah. uh, by his father. And basically, yeah, that, that's what I know. I'm not sure what... I mean, I think a baron, basically, um, I think you get a hat. <coughs> uh, like one of those flying hats you see, uh, I think, you know, like a Dick Dastardly hat. You know, That's the, not the one with the helicopter on the top. That, n- no. No. Um, you could install one, I'm sure. Barons um, can do anything they like. You have the yeah the goggles. Yeah, uh, maybe the Dick Dastardly beard as well. Essentially, yeah, okay. it is Dick Dastardly. So when you get when you become a Baron, does that just get posted to you, DHL? Uh, yes, yeah, 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 pretty much. It's stated, and you, I think you get a badge. Okay, fine. Mm. Signed for delivery. Bar- mm. Baron badge. Uh, I think they also change your name to something German. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You've been. You well, told me you've been writing down bad thoughts yeah. and burning them. That's right, yeah, I have. Um, well, you know, a, a friend of mine um, has... <clears throat> well, friends with a witch. Uh, just told me that it the is... The best type it, of friends. Yeah, absolutely. Well, fingers in many... Witches. Well... <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> Carry on. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, I th- I th- from what I understand, it's, uh, it's just a way of dispelling any bad energy. You can uh, yeah. write down a bad thought. So, um, you know, I put... Landlord down on a bit of paper and burnt it, and um, no, I dropped the piece of paper and the house almost went up in flames. Oh Christ! Yeah, that's yeah, a bit ironic. That actually. yeah. Did you tell the witch? Did you say <clears> that's <throat> not practical? No. Um, Was your finger in her or out of her at the time? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, Adam, write down the bad thought. <laughs> okay, witch, do I keep my finger in you whilst I write? It's hard because I'm left-handed. No, keep it, keep it in until you finish. Then burn it. And then keep my finger in the whole time. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay, let's talk Burke. Michael Burke, best known for hosting the 1990s biggest employer of stuntmen, hit emergency rescue show 999. Oh, yeah. Less known, however, for his controversial and often complex conspiracy theories. So I think we should take a look at some of them. So join us as we play Do We Believe the Burke? Believe the Burke. Okay. Yes. So that's great. Sorry, I've, I've, you've surprised me with that. And I always used to love the theme tune. I always used to go nine nine nine. nine. Yeah. Yes. When I was researching that, if you, reading the comments under that intro, so many people going, "This brings back so many memories." And my parents saying, "Go to bed. You can't watch this." Yeah, it's great. And it's, it's you know. So, are you ready? Mm. Burke believes that Judith Chalmers and Dave Benson Phillips were both responsible for a two-month-long hosepipe ban in Sussex after filling four large paddling pools and operating an unlicensed pop-up Lido from Benson Phillips' sizeable back garden. Burke says Chalmers would work the door whilst Benson Phillips monitored water levels and played pop hits over an Alba stereo. I believe the Burke. <laughs> you believe him, do you? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I think I do as well. That is so Chalmers. It's so Chalmers, yeah. so Benson Phillips, and he has got a massive garden. Mm. But he does a lot of things, doesn't he, Benson Phillips? Benson Phillips, yeah. I mean, his heyday, what was it he used to do? He's been mm. out of the... You know, Play Days. Yeah, Play Days was his original, that's right. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I had just a fantastic energy about him. What was his stop on Play Days? I'm just thinking, did, does he have experience with... Hang on, let me course? go through it. What was the sign of the lollipop? 
Where does it stop? It's the Dave Benson Phillips stop. Of course it is. Yeah. So I think that could be true. Mm. I don't think I think Burke's got a point there. Mm. I can imagine Judith Chalmers on the door as well with one of those washed out ice cream tubs for loose change. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Okay, so <clears throat> I think we believe the Burke. In that instance we we do believe the Burke. Yeah, definitely. On to the next one. Here we go. This is quite serious. Mm. Burke believes television cockney Dominic Littlewood is a time-travelling Victorian chimney sweep called Garnet Scrubs who has tricked the BBC into giving him various presenting roles on consumer shows over the past 10 years. Burke claims that Scrubs is stockpiling his TV cash to craft a telescopic sweeping brush, which he can use in the 1840s to gain an unfair advantage over fellow sweeps. Garnet Scrubs. (laughs) The name alone makes me want to believe it. It sounds like, you know, a genuine... So he's going to build that brush and then take it back with him to the 1840s to gain an unfair advantage. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Littlewood is a bit of a... Very round face. Very round. What would happen if we took your hair and placed it on Dominic Littlewood's head? That's Pat Butcher. That is Pat Butcher. Mm. It's the real-life Pat Butcher. There we go. <clears throat> okay, so what, I, do we believe the Burke? I feel like I'm going to have to not believe the Burke just because it's... He can't be right every time, surely. No, that's true. So in this case, we don't... Believe the Burke! On to the next one. Are we ready? Yes. Burke believes that King Games have created a version of Candy Crush exclusively for coach drivers, with extra-large buttons for thicker thumbs. Burke says that the game contains a coach-focused graphic and a puzzle based around a coach driver's air suspension seat called pump em up <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, I've, I've, seen, I've witnessed this firsthand on many of my coach journeys to and from uh, different locations of the UK. You know, I am a Megabus user. You've, what, you've witnessed coach drivers playing Candy Crush? Oh, yeah, big time. It's I think the, that's uh, what he's insinuating. I'm just thinking what mm. he said with extra large buttons for thicker thumbs. You get it? a lot of thick thumb travellers. Yeah, all coach drivers as well. They all wear the same red tie. Yeah, they do. And they always have an element of authority. They like yeah. to discipline you about bringing hot food, specifically hot food, onto the bus. Yeah. Cold Whereas, food, fine. Yeah. Fine, but no, Cold no, salad, fine, but yeah. no, no hot. hot and he can, he can smell it a mile off. Yeah. Like, he knows if you've got a hot... He'll smell it. If he's bar. sitting in the driver's seat and you've purchased it at the moto stop, he'll yeah. smell it from the driver's big seat. Big time, big time. Yeah. That's not coming on! Yeah. <laughs> you can back right off and eat that by the bins. <laughs> it's happened to me so many times. I have to go into the toilet, which smells like thick... Oh, I want to. I'm going to say it smells like thick piss and urine. But you know what? I'd rather just be able to eat yeah. my uh, hot baguette or hot sausage roll in peace. So I I'll, thought I'll BA premium economy was bad. It's a whole another yeah, world. It really is. I'm going to go ahead and believe the Burke. Okay, in that case, we believe the Burke. Okay, so I'm not sure if you've seen the show Child Genius on Channel Four. In a nutshell, fed up parents who live vicariously through their super smart kids. But I've been wondering how smart they really are. Yeah. Because after all, you can't beat the school of life. Would you agree? Um, can't beat the, the rough old streets, the learning what we learn as we're going along the street. Yes. Hey, mate, you all right? Yeah, I've just learned something on the, on the street of life. Well, 
from your accent, I'd imagine that's mainly what the unemployed Northerners say. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that's what you were going for there. Yeah. But no, I, 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 you know, I think there's different types of knowledge. Uh, the school of life will toughen you and give you a callous exterior. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, whereas child genius is essentially just children of uh, what five plus that yeah. um, use abacuses. Exactly, and, uh, and it's all rehearsed as well. So if they yeah. never knew the information, oh, you don't know that, do you? Yeah. So I've managed to obtain the number of one of these children. Oh. Sounds a bit wrong. Well. But it's all through the correct channels. Are you sure? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I can verify that. So let's give three times child genius winner 12-year-old Lucy a call to see how she gets on with my surprise question. Sorry, we're calling Lucy. We're going to call. She's a three times child genius winner, 12-year-old mm. Lucy. I'm going to mm. give her a call. Okay. And uh, I've got a feeling old clever clogs may struggle with this one. Here we go. Let's give her a call. Oh. Oh, hi, is that Lucy? Yeah. Lucy, it's Dan Reeves from Very Important, Very Serious. Hi. Hello. Now, firstly, you're obviously a very clever young lady. You've won Child Genius two times now. Three. Sorry? I've won it three times. Three three times, right. Um, sorry, how long is this going to take? Busy, busy 12-year-old. Sorry? Right, so you've kindly agreed to let us test your knowledge, and uh, I have a surprise question here for you, if you're ready. Yeah. Right, here's the question. Which episode of the British comedy series Keeping Up Appearances was voted viewers' favourite in a 1995 UK TV Gold survey? Um, season 2, episode 3, The Candlelight Supper, uh, broadcast 15th of September 1991. Right, C- correct. H- how did you get that? I read quite a bit. You, you didn't Google it? No. Can I go now, please? Uh, yes, yes, yeah, sorry. Um, thank you very much, Lucy. Did you enjoy the question? She's gone. She, she knew that. Yeah, she seemed to be um, pretty, <laughs> pretty on the pulse. I was a bit surprised about that. How old was she again? Twelve. 12 years old. Mm. Quite, yeah. I just don't know. No one likes to know it all. Would you like to hear what Feynman Sam sounds like in Norwegian? Obviously. Pretty good. I have to pay for that because mm. it was over, over 20 seconds. Yeah, that's fine. It was worth it. Now, should we have a look at some listeners' questions? Yes, please. So last episode, we imparted some of our wisdom free of charge to listeners who had reached out, many of them in dire, dire need of help. And it appears it's gone down very well because the inbox is once again full. How many have we got? Not many. No. <laughs> <laughs> this is from Kara in Luton. Kara says... I've met a great guy online and we're due to go on our first date this weekend. He's a big animal lover and has suggested we take a trip to Woburn Safari Park. However, I've not been to Woburn in over three years. After my last visit where I discovered to my horror that the park is home to a large male mongoose named Tobias who looks almost identical to myself. Tobias has an extremely tiny face with a small pointy nose. 
just like me. I'm terrified that if I was to be in close proximity to Mongoose Goose, my date will notice the uncanny similarities and leave me alone in Woburn. <laughs> Mongoose Goose. Yeah. yeah, so there's a... Yeah. Do you want me to go over some points? No, it's fine. You got it. Yeah. She, she's she's a, been mistaken for Mongoose. Yeah, so yeah. if she was to stand next to uh, Tobias, mm. the Mongoose, with the tiny face and the pointed nose she's scared a date will just see you know see them side by side and go what is that and yeah. leave draw a parallel between the goose and the um the girl so what i mean what advice could we i'd say maybe try and wear a large coat like a dinner lady's coat to yeah. cover your to cover the shape maybe could you put could you store something in your cheeks to make your face larger so the proportions match up yeah it, mm. yeah i mean we've given her feedback just wear a large coat and um you know, eat some flumps large coat flumps um yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know what else to say to her. If you look like a mongoose, you look like a mongoose. You know, you can't really, you can't really avoid that, can you? What was her name? Um, Cara. Cheers, Cara. Thanks, Thanks Cara. I'm sorry we can't help more. I mean, just you know, do avoid uh, being near mongoose. I guess. Yeah. Okay. Dear. Or, or find a man, a man goose. Yeah. Okay. Dear Dan and Adam. My husband is a very well-respected High Court judge. We've been married now for over 30 years, but I'm starting to reach the end of my tether. Ever since he became a judge, he'll not stop saying, I'll be the judge of that, (laughs) at every possible opportunity. For example, when I told him I was diabetic, I'll be the judge of that. When When my mother passed away, I'll be the judge of that. And when I told him he had underlying anger issues... I'll be the judge of that. Right. What can I do? Well, I mean, he seems to have the upper hand. Does he Does he hit a hammer down when he does it as well? Yeah, a large hammer, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. She could become a lawyer. I'm picturing their house. <laughs> There's, it's a normal house, but he's on this fucking massive judge podium. Yeah, I'll be the judge. Colin, your salmon's ready. Yeah. Pass it up here to the judge. <laughs> I'll be the judge of that. Yeah. Oh, wow. Do you, do you want chips with that? I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> Order. Order in this kitchen come diner. <laughs> kitchen come okay oh, um well yeah i well i get you you know these people really that was anonymous actually so anonymous um yeah sounds odd move on i think from the judge or you know maybe dismantle his podium so he doesn't have the podium anymore mm. he'd probably just work from the table they're flexible yeah not in, not in the same way as a gymnast is but if it's an ikea podium it should be easily flat packable that's true yeah. um okay last episode we delved into the mysterious world that is uk service stations and found out that some rather strange activities taking place. So join us once again as we head over to Welcome Break Newport Pagnell for another Service Station Tales. Hello friends, my name is Colin Harden. I'm the Assistant Manager at Welcome Break Newport Pagnell. This is my Service Station Tale. It was ten to midnight now, The entire building was deathly silent. Only two hours ago, I'd enjoyed a piping hot latte with Simon Graham, Costa's manager of the year three years running. Funny, Simon didn't even like coffee. But the atmosphere couldn't be more different now, as I stood alone in a narrow service corridor, directly behind Deli To Go and Knickknack Paddywax, a clothes retailer specialising in tweed and gifts for Scots. Suddenly, From further down, the sound of footsteps. I froze, steadied myself on a box of catering onions, and then started to move down the corridor. What I heard next made my blood run cold. The cackle of a young boy. But this area was off limits. No way in, apart from authorised staff. Then I turned back around, and the sight that greeted me was one of pure horror. 
A young boy in an old top hat sat cross-legged on a box of single-use cups. As he looked up, a tear rolled down his crooked face. I just nodded slowly in respect, and in return he doffed his cap and faded away into the onion rings. Join me next week, travelers, for another Service Station Tales. Godspeed. Wow. God. You've got to stop playing these to me, mate. I can't... Are you okay? Are you sleeping all right with these? I feel like I've got rigor mortis. That was very scary. Um, Thank you to to Colin Harden there, duty manager at Welcome Break, Newport Pagnell. Horrifying. Okay. Now, I've been trying to ignore it, but it looks like the podcast that was in before us have left a large bowl of Cocoa Pops on the desk. No, I'd spotted that. I thought it was yours. Mm, no, it's not mine. And just on the side, it says, Cockney's Cocoa Pops. Do not touch. I'm just going to... Lif- co- Cockney Pops. Mm, I'm just going to lift up the spoon, see what's in there. Ah, it's just a large metal bolt under the Cocoa Pops. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put that back. And also, looking at my iPad, I can see that they've left their podcast intro on here. Interesting. Happened last week as well, mm. didn't it? Mm. Should we have a listen? Yeah, we, it's, the, yeah. it's the engineer's fault, so yeah, let's have a listen to, to that intro. Tommy, you getting that wood? On its way for you, Mick Mate. One by two by three wood, John. Double carpet cover, Mick. Bang a shingle, Mick. I'll see you Wednesday week, Get Mick. On, Mick. I've seen Mick drill two inch thick brick. Box of cable salt, please, Mick. On its way for you, Mick That's two by one by three by three, three or two by four, Mick that plumber's lost his marbles. His hands the size of shovels, didn't care. I used to know this lad. All he'd ever eat was jam roly-poly. The Builder's Bits Podcast. Because <laughs> if you're a builder, then you always need bits. Podcast. Well. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, what? Okay. Yeah, so that's obviously... That mm. explains the Cockney Pops. Yeah, and the, and the bolt, the builder's bolt in the bottom. Builder's bolt in the Cockney Pop. Bits must get everywhere. Yeah. Sounds interesting, though. Might Does, check yeah, that out. Yeah, yeah. Okay, moving on. Um, I have some more entries that we need to add to Urban Dictionary. Oh, uh, yes. So, first one. Isle cattle. A term used to describe the state of other passengers using a long-distance discount coach service. Example, on this last journey, the Isle cattle were out of control. Many had their socks removed and were taking their feed from a family-sized bag of minstrels. Yeah. Yeah, we can relate to that. Definitely can relate to that, yeah. You've seen it, haven't you? I've seen it many times again. Yeah. Uh, on my, many of my coach journeys up to the north before I had a car uh, in London. You'd uh, use megabits? Yeah, they'd take the socks off and they'd... I mean, I once were, once were a guy that took his sock off and used it as an eye mask. <laughs> mm. That is crazy. Yeah, it was a really long sock, so he managed to tie it around his face. It was face a hiking sock. Like a bandana, yeah. yeah. Oh, fantastic. I mean, fair play to him because the smell must have been unbearable, but oh. I imagine that's probably how he got to sleep. Now, next one. Go on. Meat Marshal, the highest-ranking staff position at a meat-focused buffet restaurant, often seen with a walkie-talkie. Yeah, we know the meat. I mean, this is a classic. So, example, the Meat Marshal sat at his raised kiosk. When he noticed the pork steaks plate was empty, he simply pressed the large green button labelled pork to dispatch more. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I mean, yeah, well, we know we know about these guys. We've we, seen um, them. I mean, we, we can say that after this, we usually go off to some kind of high end uh, eatery, eatery, yeah. have a bit, have a bit of food, yeah. and typically you'll see a well dressed, uh, blazed up 
meet Marshall. Yeah. And most of the time he sits at his control panel, not dissimilar to what you'd see in a theme park. Correct. In a uh, dispatch kiosk for something like Pirates of the Caribbean. That's right. Or... When usually, I mean, they're usually 16 years old and, and plus, aren't they? Exactly. So this is like, yeah. Yes. Um, but so. yeah, sitting at that kiosk with a huge sort of 90s control panel, lots of backlit uh, right. buttons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they've got that uh, kind of, um, what is it, like a, a metal folding light. Yes. Like it's a bendy light. Yeah, like you'd see on a sort of a lighting desk or That's something. Right. Yeah, yeah. And a phone as well. Yeah, so maybe would, if, yeah. if he'd pressed the pork dispatch button yeah. and nothing was happening, yeah. he'd call through to central control. That's right. Uh, yeah, Colin, yeah, go ahead, meet Marshall. Yeah, I've uh, pressed this backlit button and uh, the pork's not coming through. Yeah, Callan's on her way. Sorry, mate, she's, uh, she's downstairs. All right, cheers, buddy. Bye-bye. That's right, yeah, and yeah. Just, yeah, and then he'd reset the button. That's it, very thick northern accents for yeah, central yeah. London. And uh, they, I'd always... <laughs> People travel. They do, that's yes, true. And I'd imagine the phone is always like a tan, isn't it? A tan colour, very kind of like off, yeah. off-white colour. It's a sun-bleached phone. Yeah, almost um, like a nicotine-stained colour. Exactly, and they'd probably be, yeah, just... And it's massive. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah. So, we are coming to the end of this week's episode. Do subscribe and follow us on iTunes, Acast and Spotify. If you enjoyed the show, why not send it to someone you like as a cheap gift? If you didn't enjoy the show, then send it to someone you hate to waste their time. Thank you for listening and thank you as always to Adam Furman. Say goodbye. Goodbye. Say goodbye as Charlie Dimmock's wife. Goodbye! (laughs) Do join us again next time for a load more nonsense. Goodbye!